Welcome to Bitcoins and Gravy, episode number 64. At the time of this recording, Bitcoins are trading at $230 each, and everybody's favorite LTB coins are trading at .000106 US dollars each. Mm-mm-mm. Now that's gravy. Welcome to Bitcoins and Gravy, and thanks for joining me today as I podcast from East Nashville, Tennessee, with my trusty Siberian Husky right by my side. Say hello, Maxwell. (laughs) We're two Bitcoin enthusiasts who love talking about Bitcoins and sharing what we learn with you, the listener. Long-time listeners, thank you so much for joining us again and for your generous tips. And new listeners, welcome to the show. Hope you enjoy it. Just a few days ago, I had the privilege of sitting on my front porch and chatting with three great fellows from the BitShares community, Brandon Lovejoy, Tim Fisenko, and Rob Konsdorf. These guys are on a road trip, traveling around the region telling people about BitShares. I learned more about BitShares from these guys in one hour than I have in reading about BitShares over the past year. This is a no-miss episode, friends. I would like to preface this interview with the BitShares guys by saying it was such a nice day here in Nashville that we decided to interview out on my front porch. And it was a little bit noisy. We had some birds chirping, Maxwell was making some noise, and cars going by and the occasional bus going by. But it is still an excellent interview Uh, jam-packed full of so much great information. You guys are going to really enjoy this. And make sure to check the show notes on Let's Talk Bitcoin for a slew of links that will further educate you about BitShares and other associated projects that you just may want to learn more about. All right, so we're here on the front porch at my little house here in Nashville talking to the BitShares guys. And uh, guys, thank you so much for coming by. Absolutely. Great to be here. And you're Brandon? Yeah, Brandon. Bitscape on the forums. Okay. I'm Tim, Roadscape. And I'm Rob, or Rob Rigo on BitShares Talk. You should see these guys, man. They're all like super long hair, big long beards, tattoos, earrings, just like insane. No, I'm just kidding, making that up. (laughs) But anyway, so we're going to talk about BitShares. You guys are traveling around talking about BitShares. Now, I assume that each of you wants to talk. Is there a spokesperson, or do you all want to just talk freely, or is there one of you that's dedicated as like the BitShares spokesperson? I think we all just talk freely. Okay, Max, can you quit doing that, please? No digging, dude. Let's see, where do we start BitShares? You know, there are a lot of people that have never even heard about BitShares. And then there are people like myself who have heard about BitShares. I'm a little bit invested in BitShares. How would you describe it to someone who's never heard of it before, like in a nutshell, for your novice, for your person to introduce them for the very first time to BitShares? BitShares is a bankless financial institution offering peer-to-peer financial services and allowing users to exchange currency between themselves peer-to-peer without any middleman it's you know digital cash whether it's u.s dollars chinese yuan gold or silver okay you know someone's going to ask well now why wouldn't we just use bitcoin why bit shares is this thing coming in after bitcoin just trying to imitate bitcoin i know the answer to that but tell me the answer uh bit shares is built from the ground up and it's designed to be predictable and stable so one of the main issues with Bitcoin is its volatility that can hinder adoption, especially by businesses. So people really want something that its value is predictable, mm-hmm. day to day. 
Okay, and BitShares has been around a while, right? So Invictus was formed in, it was actually Independence Day 2013, and Invictus Innovations Incorporated, or otherwise known as i3, was the initial company, the startup, that created BitShares, um, which for all intents and purposes is now just a shell company because um, BitShares can fund its workers directly through the protocol now using the delegate system. So what happened was Dan was inspired to find the solution to the Mt. Gox problem and he wanted to create a decentralized exchange to mitigate these risks. And um, they had this idea for launching a protocoin while they were developing the decentralized exchange, and that was ProtoShares. So ProtoShares was a Bitcoin fork that was launched and allowed uh, miners to get a stake in BitShares, which is based around a metaphor Dan coined called the Decentralized Autonomous Company, or DAC. So Dan views the protocol for cryptocurrencies in light of this DAC metaphor, which means, you know, a cryptocurrency has revenues, which are transaction fees, expenses, which is the cost to secure the network, and services it provides, so a value proposition. And Bitcoin can be viewed as a DAC as well. Um, I think that cryptocurrency is kind of a misnomer because Bitcoin doesn't have the properties of currency. It doesn't have the stability of a currency. And so DAC, in viewing Bitcoin and BitShares and these crypto tokens as, as in light of an equity is actually a really good way of viewing their value. Their, their value fluctuates like stocks, mm -hmm. like an equity. So what happened with ProtoShares is this coin was launched and, you know, it was going well for a few weeks, and then the centralized mining cartels, if you will, moved in and started mining it and blew up the difficulty and made it really hard for the average Joe to profitably mine protoshares. So this created sort of this realization. Dan had this realization that, wow, you know, mining isn't really that fairly distributed. It's really easy for people with a large amount of capital to move in and make it hard for your average everyday Joe to profitably mine. So, um, and that was how they planned to fund their development. They bought mining equipment. They were going to mine protoshares too and be on the same level as anyone else that was mining it. But they realized, oh crap, we can't profitably mine this protoshares coin. And so they had come up with this idea for angel shares and what angel shares was was a donation ledger so you could donate to the development team in order to fund the development of BitShares, the decentralized exchange and consequently for doing so you would be share dropped upon so angel shares pre-sale was actually in terms of bitcoin and protoshares so you could donate either bitcoin or protoshares you would be put on a donation list and when bitshares was launched you would be a part of the initial allocation so those were the distribution mechanisms protoshares and angel shares for bitshares and bitshares was initially launched 
in July, I believe it was July 18, 2014, as BitShares X. The idea was that there would be this ecosystem of multiple DACs that would each have their own function, and BitShares X was the exchange DAC. So this was the initial idea, was to have this set of different DACs targeting different industries. And BitShares X was allocated 50% to PTS holders and 50% to AGS holders. Um, the snapshot date being February 28th, 2014. I believe zero UTC time. So if you held AGS or PTS and you owned the private keys for those distribution mechanisms, then later you'd be able to import those into the actual BitShares client and claim your stake that was allocated. I think that's the last step that I never did. You know, the first two steps I did that, and then the last step I tried to figure out how to do it, and Dan was helping me, and Dan referred me to somebody else by way of email, and they emailed me, and they tried to walk me through it, and I failed. So Dan said, well, don't worry about it. You still have it, right? There's a lot of people in the community that haven't even claimed their BitShares yet. They're just holding their keys, and when they feel comfortable with the stability of the client, because it's heavily in development still, it's really still a beta. The current version is 0 0.8.1. Okay. So they, don't, they haven't hit a 1.0 release that they feel is stable enough to say, hey, you know, we really trust that this is stable enough. Okay, but and we know that's coming, right? So let me ask you guys a question as far as uh, decentralized autonomous corporations. Is that right? DAX. Is Dan the first one to come up with that? Is BitShares the first one to come up with that concept? Yeah, he's the first one to coin the term as far as I know. The term has been sort of changed, so some people like to refer to them as decentralized autonomous organizations. There's decentralized autonomous companies. I believe Swarm is calling them decentralized community organizations or something, DCOs. Uh, I just saw that recently, which I think there's a lot of confusion in the space about what these things really are, because I know, for instance, in the BitShares ecosystem, a DAC is a native protocol, in my opinion. BitShares is a DAC. The entertainment DAC that is that PeerTracks is going to use is a native protocol with its own base asset or core asset. So BitShares or Notes. Whereas in the Ethereum world, they call these sort of business models on top of Ethereum DAOs or DAOs or whatever you'd like to say. So, so that doesn't have a native token per se. And, and it, there's a lot of confusion in the space about really what is a DAC or what is a DAO. And I, I really feel that that needs to be clarified. We need to come to some common nomenclature. I agree with that. You know, you all should read my new book. It's called The DAO of DACs. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay, so, okay, so that's a lot of technical stuff, but that's a lot of great stuff. Thank you so much. And tell me your name again. Uh, I'm Rob, or Robert Consdorf, and you can follow me on Twitter at Rob Rigo uh, with a zero on the end. So R O B R I G zero. Nice, Rob Rigo. And uh, so let's hear from everybody else, make sure that everybody knows who everybody else is. Yes, sir? 
Yeah, my name is Brandon Lovejoy. I'm Bitscape on BitShares Talk Forum, and I'm just Brandon Lovejoy on Twitter since we're bumping our <laughs> Twitter handle. <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice. I'm Tim Fasenko. That's Roadscape on the forums, and on Twitter, that's at 80HZ. Okay, so what else should we talk about? What's really important for people to know about BitShares that we haven't covered already? Well, um, if you guys don't mind, I'd like to really cover what I think is the the killer innovation of BitShares, and that is market pegged assets. Well, hang on, let's ask these guys. Do you guys mind? We don't mind. No. Okay, <laughs> go for it. Great. All right, Max, do you mind? Ooh, that wasn't really Max, that was me. <laughs> Rodrigo, a.k.a. the spokesman. <laughs> Are you the new spokesman? No. <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> what if someone hears this interview on Bitcoins and Gravy, and they love you so much, like, okay, Rodrigo, we want to have you as the new spokesman, for bit shares, you're gonna to have to lose the beard, man. We want you to be a little more clean shaven. Well, would you do it? Would you Would you shave off the beard? I don't know if I could compromise my my personality for for their for their gain. I mean, well, what uh, if they offered to pay you like you know a hundred thousand dollars a year? Would you do it? Nah, I don't how think much, I could be so easily bought out either. How much stake? How much stake to take the beard off, Rodrigo? Yeah, how much BitShares stake, man, to take the beard off if you need to? <laughs> they might like the beard, though. I don't know. I mean, now that we're talking about stake, <laughs> uh, you know, I'd do it for a cool five million. Man, you are really tight. He's really tied to that yeah. beard. Yeah, man, he's wow. like he's like Samson. If you cut off his hair, it oh. loses strength. Oh, I so. see. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's actually an extension of my. Uh, my brain. It's a neural net. Yeah, if I cut it off, then it's like I'll, I'll become dumber or something. <laughs> Don't do that, man. Okay, so what were you going to say that you said is important? The major innovation, well, one of the major innovations, I should say, because I feel there are quite a few innovations that the BitShares team has brought to the space, but one of the really major ones that I feel is really going to change the adoption of cryptocurrencies are market-pegged assets. So um, BitShares, the client, has uh, an exchange built right into the protocol. So you can go into the client and actually view markets right in the protocol. And these market-pegged assets are created in this exchange when a short order is matched with a buyer. So, for instance, um, BitUSD is one of these market-pegged assets, and it's, it's a blockchain-enforced derivative, essentially. And it looks a lot like a contract for difference in the financial world. But the market-pegged assets are pegged to the value of the real-world physical currency or commodity that they're pegging. And um, what this means is that people can control private keys to a stable coin cryptocurrency that maintains relative stability around the assets it's pegging. So um, one of the big problems with Bitcoin adoption right now is the fact that merchants need to cash it out into fiat currently. Like a lot of merchants are using BitPay, for instance, at the point of sale. And when they accept a Bitcoin, they immediately go into U.S. dollars in their bank account because they can't be at risk to the Bitcoin price. It could go up, it could go down, it could wipe out their margin. You know, they can't take that risk. 
but with BitAssets, which is the name for market-pegged assets, like BitUSD, a merchant could feasibly accept this BitUSD, and they would know that it was always going to be worth roughly a dollar. Now, I say roughly a dollar because there's no IOU involved, and that's really the power of BitAssets, is it's the, the collateral backing the BitAsset is frozen by a blockchain-controlled balance that's essentially a smart contract. And so the smart contract has the collateral stored and locked up in terms of bit shares, and that's why it's a derivative. Bit shares themselves is like specie. It's like is if it's almost like a, a gold standard in that respect, where you issue dollars in a gold standard system, and it's backed by gold. Well, bit USD or bit gold or bit silver or bit yuan or what have you are backed by bit shares, and the way this works is um, if price fluctuations occur of the underlying asset, there will be automated margin calls that can happen. So at a certain price, when the collateral backing a bit USD reaches a certain percentage, so I believe if it, it starts out at 300% because the short order puts up two times the amount of value in bit shares, and the, the buyer, the person who wants to buy a bit USD, puts up 1x, obviously. They're not going to pay more than the value that they want. Um, so we start out at 300%, and then if the price of bit shares were to drop such that the collateral would be under 200%, then the short position is forced to buy BitUSD off the free market at up to 10% premium and cover their position. And that act of covering destroys the BitUSD and unwinds the position essentially, so it unlocks the collateral. And so what this is, is it allows people to speculate on whether or not they think BitShares is going to go up or the market-pegged asset is going to go down. So you can speculate on the price of gold. You can speculate on silver. If you think that Bitcoin is in a bubble and you want to hedge your value, you could buy BitUSD on top of the bubble. And then if the bubble pops, you make money. You save your position, essentially. So it's a really powerful tool, and I think that we're going to see it change the face of the crypto landscape because now we can convince businesses to hold relatively stable assets. Okay, I like it. Nice. So what do you guys think is the future, if you were to predict like five years down the road, Bitcoin, Ethereum, BitShares, Ripple, and let's not forget the hobo nickel and the barbecue coin. <laughs> and then let's throw in there like, I don't know, Litecoin, Doge, you know, some of those other scrappy cryptocurrencies, altcurrencies. What do you guys see as a future? I mean, just kind of like a prediction or, you know, do you see all of these different platforms, all of these different protocols, all of these different uh, cryptocurrencies working together to solve, you know, many different problems or do you see one emerging do you see some falling off what do you guys think i believe that in the future we're gonna see several competitors um probably not very many clones at all i'm sure bitcoin will be playing a role uh bit shares ripple um ethereum hopefully 
all the original innovations, I think, will continue to battle it out for quite some time. And there's a different market for each. What's going on with Ethereum? <laughs> well, <laughs> Brandon? <laughs> I'm not the person to ask about Ethereum. I'll tell you that right now. Man, where's Vitalik when you need him, man? Yeah. I, heard, I actually heard a rumor that he was called back to his home planet for several months. No, I'm just kidding, man. I didn't mean that. Don't don't anybody take that seriously, and don't let that get back to, uh, to Vitalik, because I wouldn't want his home planet to destroy ours with a giant laser beam or anything. <clears throat> so Ethereum, um, let's see. I, I think it's a really interesting project, and it's another project I like to follow because I'm really trying to not be tribalistic. Uh, because I feel that tribalism is hurting the cryptocurrency space where all of these people, you know, they have vested interests in these different projects and there's the whole FUD, fear, uncertainty, and doubt spreading and stuff. And really, I like to view the whole movement as it's the old order versus the new innovation, the new way. And, and so wh when I look at Ethereum, I view this as a really ambitious project. Mm -hmm. um, they want to make a decentralized publishing platform, you know, with Turing complete scripting, which means you can implement any arbitrary logic or business model on top of it. Now, I think that Ethereum is a highly academic endeavor, and they, they have a lot of marketing hype and stuff, but I'm afraid that there's there's practicality concerns for me. Um, I look at a project like BitShares as really looking at practical applications. BitShares wants to be the industrial blockchain. They want predictability, they want speed, they want ease of use, where Ethereum's really catering a lot to developers, which is also a smart move. They've, they're building their own tools, languages, development environments, and even learning platforms, Ethereum builders, which I find very cool. However, I think that there's going to be problems with scaling out something like Ethereum to massive adoption. And, you know, it remains to be seen. You can run their development environment, but it remains to be seen what they actually launch with and bring to the public. All I can say is, by God, my Ether better be worth something one day, man, because people, <laughs> people have made some pretty hefty promises. By Ether now and in the future. No, they haven't made those promises. Yeah, I'm bullish on all of these. And, you know, it's funny you talk about, you know, the old way of doing things versus the new way of doing things. And what disturbs me is, like, in the new way of doing things, we're seeing so many of uh, the things happen that we all don't like, like the greed, the fear-mongering, the move toward centralizing, even though we're all saying decentralize, decentralize, and then you have something like the Bitcoin Foundation, right? And they're this clandestine, opaque group of crotchety old men, you know, sitting there in their ivory tower on their board of directors, you know, funneling funds from the left to the right and into their pockets and then disappearing in the night. And what's going on with things like this? What do you, what's your take on something like the Bitcoin Foundation? BitShares doesn't need a, a foundation, do they? Do you guys have a foundation? No, we don't. And the blockchain is arranging for payment of certain um, departments like development, marketing, business development. One of the issues Bitcoin faces is how do you pay the developers? You know, uh, donations or, you know, the blockchain doesn't have anything set aside to make sure that it can support the people that um, ensure it continues to live on. 
Yeah, that's a little bit scary, right? I feel like maybe it needs to be thought out. I know there's a few proposals on how to take care of the developers, and that's one of the most important things for a blockchain is to make sure that the people that are helping it grow are looked after. Yeah, I agree. And then, you know, you have several of the core developers that are employed by centralized corporations, just regular corporations. That seems like a little bit of a conflict of interest, doesn't it, to you? One of the core developers works for BitPay. I think BitShares represents, along with some of these other next-generation platforms, represents a complete paradigm shift in a development model that allows communities to grow in parallel with each other and by working together. The thing that inspires me most about BitShares is the community itself. And the reason I'm involved is because there are so many opportunities to get in and help grow this whole ecosystem and fundamentally transform the way that humans transmit value to one another. And this has implications across every conceivable industry. And so I think this is a really exciting time to be involved in. You guys kind of got lucky. Now, how did you guys get chosen, or did you just get lucky to get to hang out there in Virginia with Dan and, and his father, Stan Larimer, on the compound, right? <laughs> yeah, at the farm, the half-mile-high meadows. Roadscape and I decided, after we'd been involved in BitShares for a while, myself, I'm more uh, me on the media side of things, and Roadscape is more the technically-minded developer, and... I really felt that it was time to get out and meet the community. We both uh, ran, ran four delegates um, within the BitShares uh, ecosystem and uh, had our delegates voted in. And the plan was to uh, basically provide some sort of value to the BitShares ecosystem. Uh, in my case, I'm a filmmaker and writer and grassroots organizer. so. I have these talents that I can bring to help expand the reach um, of the community. And Tim is a very talented coder who built the first ever store which implements payment through bit assets. So we've launched a website called CryptoFresh.com, which is at this point a, kind of an MVP platform to, to just show how easy it is to purchase things with bit assets. Rodrigo here was the first person... Uh, the T-shirt he's wearing right now was bought with BitGold. And nice. he's probably the first person <laughs> in human history to buy a T-shirt with digital gold. So wow. that, was, that was monumental. The real BitGold. So we're not talking about these centralized companies like BitReserve or BitGold Incorporated that are trying to hijack the BitGold brand, in my opinion, because really BitGold was described by Nick Zabo, who's... Uh, thought leader in the space, and it wasn't actually implemented, I don't think, until BitShares. But there are some companies that would have you believe that their BitGold is actual BitGold, but they're centralized companies, and they control the funds. So it's like, that's not real BitGold. You're no. just hijacking the brand. Exactly. I like that. So, mm. Brandon, you mentioned becoming a delegate. Is that something that's still an opportunity for people? Can other people with great ideas still become a delegate, or is that time passed? No, anyone that has a proposal to bring value to the BitShares ecosystem can go on the BitShares Talk forums and make their proposal for any range of possible um, 
applications. I've got a BitShares dance I've been working on. It's kind of like a clogging sort of thing. Could I like present that and possibly become a delegate with my BitShares dance? Yeah, there's a random section on the forums. <laughs> and, uh, that would fall sure. under the category yeah. of random? Yeah, we're always looking for uh, you know, some <laughs> additional entertainment to, to, to go hand-in-hand hand with the heavier topics. That okay. If you're looking for funding for kind of a one-off project, there are several members of the community that will help you. Uh, for instance, Zeldal's BitShares Breakout, um, he helped fund some of our equipment for this trip, namely um, audio equipment. Um, the community is very open for any ideas you might have, and we welcome anyone to come on and discuss potential business ideas or just any possibilities for cooperation. Is there anything that's lacking that you guys wish? Man, I wish some people would come forward with these ideas. We're not seeing enough of that. Besides the dancing, which I know you guys are dying to have more <laughs> entertainment. Besides that, anything you can think of? Um, the wallet needs some work, and uh, Bit Sapphire is actually in the process of fundraising uh, for their Moonstone wallet. Uh, they're trying to raise money so that they will release their um, wallet. Max, we're trying to interview. Please, no <laughs> hacking. Go ahead. Uh, so Bit Sapphire is trying to raise funds for their Moonstone wallet, and if their goal is reached, they will release the front end and back end as under the MIT license. And judging from what they've shown, it looks like a awesome wallet. Definitely something the community has immediate use for, and it sounds like it'll allow hedging uh, of Bitcoin. Their goal is to have it support bit assets and Bitcoin so that you can seamlessly, you know, say go from Bitcoin to gold to dollars to UN and back to Bitcoin. Um, and there are many openings, uh, any sort of business developments, uh, the community is very open. Okay, nice. So it's a really open community. Max is talking to my neighbor in the distance. Hi, Allison. Hi, Kat. Hey, how are you? Kat, I just said Maxie Doggy, so we're going to come over. Hello. <laughs> All right, how are you guys? Hey, Maxie. Hello. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> also, to add to that, yes? if you don't mind, I'd just like to say that as far as the delegate positions go, you do have to convince the community. It took these guys a few weeks after they had launched their delegate proposal in campaign, which involves you register a special node called a delegate node, mm -hmm. and then you have to run that on a server and keep it up, keep it reliable, make sure that you're producing blocks, because the delegates serve the roles of the miners. So the proof of work in BitShares is the actual work you're doing to build the ecosystem, and it's highly reputation-based thing <coughs> instead of, you know, burning energy. So I think that we want to encourage as many people as have the, as many people that are ambitious enough to attempt to become a delegate to do so, but you do have to put in some effort and you do have to convince a global community from China to Europe to South America to the States. I mean, all over the place. You have to show these people that you're serious and that you're willing to put in the time. Actually, you talked about the delegates being the miners. The delegates for BitShares are like the miners for Bitcoin. Yeah. And I think last night at dinner, one of you had talked about the cost difference, annual cost difference. Do you remember what that was? Uh, I don't remember the numbers. One of these guys would probably... Um, be, would be able to produce that, but um, 
Yeah, there's this cost difference, and there's also the confirmation times. In BitShares, the blocks are produced at 10-second intervals, and the delegates are randomly shuffled every 16 minutes and 50 seconds, which is the amount of time it takes for the 101 active elected delegates to each sign a block in round robin, and then they're, they're randomly shuffled. So in BitShares, the transfer of value is very seamless. I mean, it only takes 10 seconds to change your votes, to execute orders, to send assets, so the market-pegged assets, as well as user-issued assets. So, yeah, scalability. Right, uh, in terms of confirmation time, that's something that may end up being more important than we realize right now when you look at how many transactions, Visa, MasterCard, American Express, how many of those they're capable of per second. It's a massive number, right, per second or per minute. So you guys are talking about 10 minutes versus 10 seconds? The uh, block interval is 10 seconds, and on test nuts, they've actually achieved two-second block intervals. So really... This is why I mentioned the BitShares team are focusing on building the industrial blockchain. They're focused on predictability, scalability, and what we really need is ease of use. Because, let's face it, um, actually I read this on Twitter earlier. Someone had posted that fiat is convenience without control. Bitcoin is control of your money without convenience. And the winning crypto will have both of those. And I think that's very insightful. And along with having convenience and control, you need predictability. You can't send somebody an asset and just say, well, let's hope it went through. Let's, let's hope that didn't get on an orphan fork right. or whatever. And, you know, people will not adopt technologies that they don't know are predictable enough. Talking to Dan, he said blockchains today are kind of like these toys. I mean, none of them can scale to global adoption yet, and they really want to solve that scalability problem. So I think it's going to be really interesting to see how it all pans out. I think so, too, and that, you know, I think you've inspired me. I was going to call my band, my Bitcoin band, Satoshi. Now I'm going to call it Orphan Fork, man. That's the name of my band. Orphan Fork, yeah, we rule! Orphan Fork. <laughs> So what else, guys? What are some of the other exciting projects that are going on right now with BitShares? Uh, one of the most interesting ones uh, of recent days, and there's seemingly new things happening every day. It's exciting to see a lot of new entrepreneurs coming on board and recognizing that BitShares is a great platform to begin building upon. CryptoSmith is a really interesting opportunity. Someone else might be able to actually explain the technical nature of it a little bit better than I can. CryptoSmith just acts as a bridge from digital to physical currency. So if you own bit gold or bit silver, you can purchase physical silver and have it sent to your home. So one of the issues when you're buying silver online is the price changes. So the really interesting thing about this store is that you pay for silver with silver. The fluctuation in price, you're not exposed to it. You lock in your price at the time you buy your bit silver. And then there's another project, Mine BitShares, which actually is a mining pool that pays out in BitUSD. I don't know if they've implemented this yet, but they want to um, also have payouts in BitGold, which allows you to point your miner at this pool and get paid in virtual gold, which you can then use to, say, have real gold sent to your house. So your miner can generate real physical metals. 
Well, I love that, man. That's pretty exciting. Just don't let the mail carriers find out about it, man. Anything else? Yeah. I would say one of the projects I'm most excited about is actually a Chinese startup, and they're called DAX, D-A-C-X.com. And what DAX is doing is leveraging the user-issued asset system on BitShares in order to allow Chinese individuals to gain exposure to American stocks. So DAX is a centralized company that are issuing, I like to call them sliver shares. They're IOUs that represent a fraction of a share in, say, Apple or Google or Tesla or Alibaba or whatever. They're offering like 20 different crowd funds on their website. And what they do is once they reach a funding goal, they'll buy the stock and hold it as a centralized company and then issue IOUs on BitShares known as BDRs or Bit Depository Receipts. And what this allows for is really liquid exposure for Chinese individuals to American stocks that they might not actually be able to easily gain exposure to um, normally. And the DAX platform themselves handle the cashing in and out. So when you think that you want to take a profit on your Apple BDRs, the BDR holder can use DAX centralized service to go back into Yuan from their bit depository receipts and vice versa. This is a really interesting way that the user issued asset system is being leveraged in order to create a new way for Chinese people to gain exposure to American stocks. And they're actually, I believe they're the first venture capital funded BitShares startup. So they actually have funding through a company called Zaft, I believe. And Zaft is a venture capital firm. And so they've got the rampaging Prince Gong, which is a cryptocurrency um <laughs> He's like the Andreas Antonopoulos of China. The rampaging Prince Gong. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's, it's very fascinating. I mean, there's a large contingent of <laughs> BitShares community members that are in China. It's very popular over there. And um, I've learned a lot just from Google Translate and reading through their forum posts. I mean, as much as you can learn from translating Chinese. But it's been a very fascinating insight into their culture just participating in this community and trying to figure out how can we coordinate and how can we bridge the cultural differences between the East and the West and, and become a more unified whole because their way of doing things are different from the West's way of doing things. I like the idea that people all over the world can become unified you know, around certain projects, around certain platforms, and we could all kind of say, hey, governments, you're the ones that set up the borders. You're the ones that set up the barricades to living in harmony with our fellow humans, right? Because your average American, hey, bird, that's enough. Your average American doesn't have anything against your average Chinese person or French person or Greek person or someone in Africa, but it's these governments that try to pit 
us against them always. And even within our borders, it's always us against them, whether it's your favorite baseball team, it's our team versus their team, Democrats versus Republicans. And that's what I keep saying over and over again. And I'll keep preaching that, you know, for as long as I live, that we've got to stop fighting each other because that method of dividing people has been used for thousands of years by governments to conquer people. You divide them, and when they're divided, they're weaker, and you can conquer them. So we've got to come together. I have this idea. If I could get somebody else on board to help me with it, my idea is it's the People's Party, okay? So it sounds, when you first hear it, it's like, it's just another political party, right? But here's the scoop. The People's Party, what do we do? We get together on weekends, we have barbecues, we drink some beer, and we have fun. Okay? We don't talk about politics. That's one of the rules. You can't talk about politics. We don't care if you like Bush or if you like Obama. We don't care at all, right? We don't care who you voted for, who you're planning to vote for. It's the People's Party. But what we do care about is what's going on down the street. What you can talk about is, hey, I heard that Mrs. Smith down the street, because her property taxes just went up, she can no longer afford to live comfortably. She's going to need some groceries. So we all figure out how are we going to come together. That's my ideal for the People's Party. I think it could fly. We just need people. <laughs> so what else, guys? We should wrap it up. Yeah, I would just say that uh, BitShares is really about the people. And we've had an opportunity over the past few weeks traveling around to all these different locations from Minneapolis to Philadelphia to Blacksburg, Virginia, where the core devs are. And now here in Nashville to meet some of the most inspiring, brilliant people. That oh, thank I, you very much. That I've, <laughs> yourself included. I had to jump in on that one, man. <laughs> that I've ever met uh, in my life. And I say invest in people. When we were in Blacksburg, we were extremely impressed with the depth of the core team's vision. And despite what anyone might think about the current state of development, it's going strong. And there is some real commitment to see this project through and uh, some great plans in the works. So, yeah, I would say get involved however you can. Um, now's a great time, and we'd love to have you on the forums. Nice. Closing comments? It was a great trip. The three weeks have been well worth it. Nice. Closing comments? I hopped on board in Detroit at the Detroit stop, so this has been a really sort of seat-of-my-pants adventure, and I guess in the end, you know, BitShares is trying to create a contract-free digital economy. It's profitable freedom. You can invest in a peer-to-peer -peer network that is trying to devolve manipulative powers in the world and level the playing field for everybody. So I'm really excited about it, and I'm going to continue to do whatever I can to make BitShares a success, as well as all of the other great projects in the space. Nice. I think we need to come together and stop dividing the crypto space into tribes. We need to all work together towards the common goal. Well, nice. Well spoken. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. It's been a pleasure. It has been great. Maxwell, Maxwell. Max, want to say something for us? Last final thing? <laughs> now climb aboard, y'all. This train is bound for glory. And there's plenty of room for all. Well, 
Satoshi Nakamoto, that's a name I love to say. And we don't know much about him, but he came to save the day. When he wrote about the way things are and the way things are to be, he gave us all a protocol this world had never seen. A Bitcoin as you're going into the old blockchain. A Bitcoin, I know you're going to rain, going to rain till everybody knows, everybody knows, till everybody knows your name. told about the death of old Mount Gox, about traders trading altar coins and miners mining blocks. But them good old boys back in Illinois and on down through Tennessee, see they don't care to be a millionaire, they're just wanting to be free. A Bitcoin as you're going into the old blockchain. A Bitcoin, I know you're going to rain, going to rain, till everybody knows, everybody knows, till everybody knows your name. A promise to deliver us from age-old tyranny A Bitcoin as you're going into the old blockchain A Bitcoin, I know you're going to rain, going to rain Till everybody knows, everybody knows, till everybody knows your name Till everybody knows, everybody knows, till everybody knows your Give me some exposure Everybody knows your name, sing it Oh Lord, pass me some more Oh, Lord, before I have to go Oh, Lord, pass me some more Oh, Lord, before I have to go And I'd like to thank my guests on today's show, Brandon Lovejoy, Tim Pasenko, and Rob Konsdorf. Guys, thanks for all you do for the BitShares space, and thanks for working hard to keep all of us in the crypto community on the right path toward unity and harmony. How much more powerful are we when we work together side by side to fight the forces of evil and greed in this world, right? So whether you're into Ethereum, Bitcoins, Dogecoins, Litecoins, LTB coins, or bit shares. Hey, let's all work together, right? It only makes sense. Tell me, brothers and sisters, have you heard that on every episode of Bitcoins and Gravy, I have a magic word? And today the magic word is Max. As in the sentence, my dog's name is Max. M-A-X. Max. What do you think of that, Max? Oh. 
And great news, listeners, our transcription page is now live on the website thanks to the continuing hard work of one of our loyal listeners who is also a consultant to the show. These professional transcriptions are provided by one of our fans who can be found at diaryofafreelancetranscriptionist.com. And of course, you can find a link to this website in the weekly show notes. And if you've enjoyed the show, please take a minute to scan my QR code or copy my public key and send me 50 cents in Bitcoin. If you'll do this every once in a while, it will help me out more than you know. Folks, it's not easy being a podcast host, trust me, and putting in 10 hours each week to produce the show sometimes takes its toll. Remember that giving someone a small tip in Bitcoin is what makes Bitcoin folks stand out in this world. I know personally that whenever I give a tip to someone on Reddit or Let's Talk Bitcoin or one of the forums, I feel better about myself knowing that I've given back just a little to help that creating great content. And signing off now from East Nashville, Tennessee, I'm your host, John Barrett, here with my dog, Maxwell. Say goodbye, Maxwell. Join us again next week for another episode of Bitcoins and Gravy. And until then, y'all be good to each other out there. And remember, the only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men and women to do nothing. Do something, y'all. Oh.